This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome into episode 333 of After the Whistle, presented by Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino, where nothing else comes close. New partner with Seneca. We're very excited about it, and a lot of new things to talk about as we, as the season goes on. Some events that we might hold. Hope there are people out there that like to play cards. Might have a couple card events this uh, this hockey season, so... I mean, I know I'm a euchre guy. I know you're a poker and blackjack guy. I I'm I'm a huge poker guy. I'm not listen. I'm not a great poker player. Um, I understand the game fairly well. I love it. I absolutely love playing poker. And I'm going to tell you, I hope. And something that we're we're discussing right now is, I would love to be able to do a blackjack tournament, or, and or and a poker tournament i would love to have a poker tournament. i want to have a euchre tournament i want to I go know to the if, final table i want to be on the final table i don't know if the uh i don't know if euchre is a casino game but we're gonna maybe try to make it so we're very excited yeah. with our partnership with seneca and uh, everything that it's going to lead to not just for us but for all of you because i think there's going to be some opportunities for all of you our listeners to maybe come and socially interact with us in person how about that one of these love it yep i love it i do have a quick casino story if you care to hear it okay yep okay lockout year uh i was at a bar shocker with my my brother's buddy who i was hanging out with who became a good friend of mine his name's mike perna and uh we were we were (laughs) we were downtown buffalo and uh, decided one night with some buddies to make a you know a late night trip to the casino. Got in the car, drove all the way out to the. Been there, done that casino. Before. Okay, and uh, this is back in two thousand four, two thousand five. So the lockout year. I can't even remember why I was in Buffalo, but drove out to the casino. You know, like I took out five hundred bucks. I'm like, oh, let's go play some cards. I'm gonna play. You know, five hundred bucks. I was drunk. I mean, five hundred bucks is. I've been to a casino with guys and 500 bucks is nothing. Okay. So, but 500 bucks, a lot of money. It's to like a hand. That's like a hand for Vanner. <laughs> well, <laughs> this gets interesting. Okay. Cause I got some, I got a, uh, I got a card story with Roisy too. Roisy, uh, Roisy and I went, Roisy and I had a year, a season where we were hitting casinos every trip and winning like five grand every time we went. Like we, we had a, a a night at the casino in Niagara Falls, New York, at Seneca, and we just randomly went in after the season opening golf tournament, and we won five grand each. And then we hit the casino in Montreal. In Montreal, we got oh in- Montreal spent a little time there, a little too much. I time. won eight grand Canadian. And then there was another 
casino. Is there a, there's one in Calgary, I think, where you got your lights punched out, didn't you? Oh, man. <laughs> That's the last time I went to uh, play <laughs> poker at a casino at one of the tables, and I actually didn't play, but got in a fight, and uh, it was awesome. And then got pulled off I, the plane by our GM. I won, I won like five or six grand Canadian there. I'm, I just I had a hot streak at the casinos. Yep. But anyway, the lockout year the year before with Mike Perna, I go and I t- probably took out 500 bucks again. That was kind of like my limit when I went to the casino, which I, I mean, it, uh, yeah, it's not, it's not smart, but whatever. Point is, I'm playing $25 hands and I'm winning. And, and, and I, it, you know, it's like I won 25, then I just stack it up. Now you're at 50. You win that one, you're at 100. And then you win that one. And I won like a bunch of hands in a row. Okay. So I started off hot. Then I started. To, to up my bets and then you get your double downs and all this stuff next thing you know i'm at i'm at 500 bucks i'm probably up to about four thousand five thousand american at the time okay so now this is like after hours of playing okay this isn't like in 20 minutes this is like hours of playing i didn't well, go to play in 25 dollar hands i, I mean it's started take there. you Right, but you have to in order to get to four or five thousand bucks, starting at twenty five dollar hands. You got to have a pretty good run. You got to have a pretty good run, and you got to be you got to be uh, a playing a long time. Okay, so and getting those getting those you know splits and all those two three splits and you know make sure you you're hitting on those two right. So point is, so now I start upping my bet. Now I'm betting the table max was five hundred. Okay, so I'm like screw it, I'm going to get out of here. I put down 500 bucks, I win. Perna takes the chips, puts them in his pocket. So now I'm playing with just like one $500 hand, okay? Play it again, I win. I'm just playing to lose this $500 hand, okay? Now, there's people at the table. So you have a guy at the end, you have two people in the middle, and I'm at the end, whatever they call that. What do they call the person at the end of the blackjack table? The anchor? The anchor. Dealer has a seven. Guy has first guy has a 16. He passes. Okay. I'm like, I, I and I have a $500 hand on the table and he has a $25 hand on the table. And I said, Hey, I said, you got to take a card there. He's like, I don't want to take a card. I said, I said, if you lose, I'll give you $25. I said, but I, I need you to take a card. And he says, I don't want to take a card. So he doesn't take a card on purpose. Next two people, 18, What does the dealer have again? They stay. I have... What uh, the dealer have? A seven. Okay. Uh, I have... Uh, what did I have? I had a 17. Okay. I had a 17. Okay. So I said to the guy, I'm like, you have to take a card. He was the Why, why does he have to take a card? Because you have to assume the dealer has 17. You have to assume the dealer has a face card under there. So he's he's lost his hand. Okay, I have a push. I'm in a good spot. He does not take a card. Next two people are safe. They wave off. They don't take a card. I'm sitting there at 17. And I said, I want a card. And the guy's like, you have 17. I said, I want a fucking card. I said, I don't care if I lose. I said, I'm going to prove to that guy that this is how you play blackjack. I want a fucking card. And the guy calls over the pit boss. And my buddy's standing there. Perna, he's like, Andrew. It's a $500 hand. Like you're going to, you're going to bust. Odds are you're going to bust. So why would, why would he call over the pit boss? What does that have to do with it? Cause I was taking a card on 17. I don't know. Okay. The fucking, I taking a card on 17 with a, with a table max bet. I don't know why he called over the pit boss, but okay. I'm telling, I want a card. It's on 17 to a dealer. That's, yeah. Okay. That's just your stupidity on taking so, a card there. So I, this is, I swear to God, this is a true story. Guy gives me a fucking four. The guy gives me a four. And the dealer pull, turns over an ace. I would have lost my 500. He would have had 20. And he would have won. And I would have lost. Won 10,000 bucks that night. Here's the thing. I... You won the money. That's a great story. I was hammered and I was up, uh, obviously, four or five thousand bucks. 
So yeah. it was just me. Being you're taking that, a so. card when you have 17 uh, dealer as a seven and you're taking a card on $500 hand. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. But um, going man. back to the guy, going back to the guy who's at the beginning, who doesn't take a card and stays on 16. The reality of it is it doesn't necessarily really affect your hand. It affects him more than it's going to affect you. People have the assumption that not hitting when when a dealer has, you know, a, a seven or up, that it's going to screw the people down the line. No, it's not. It's only screwing the person that's not hitting when you have 16 and a dealer showing a seven. It's not hurting the table. There's a, a way to play. And you there's I, a way to play to win money. There's no question. There's a there's a way to play and you can help the table or you can be a selfish prick that uh, no, that has nothing to do with being selfish. That's only hurting the guy or the girl who's not hitting on 16 because the odds of that person winning are 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 a lot lower if you were to hit on these things. Right. Well. But each to their own, man, I mean. That's why people lose so much money gambling uh, at at blackjacks because they don't know the rules. You know, it's 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 very simple on how it, either are going to have a good night or you're not going to have a good night if you just kind of play the proper way. That person who who's not hitting on sixteen more times than not, you're going to lose that hand. Well, so he was whatever out, he was out. 20. All I know is you won, I was, I and that's all that matters. That's all I care about. You know me. That's all I care about. As long as I do well. If you've been in a car crash and need a personal injury attorney, don't hesitate. Call our friends at Salino Law, 800-555-5555. Ooh, morning. How are we doing, Thomas? Doing great. Guns are out. Looking good. Guns are out today again, eh, bud? Oh, yeah. Yeah, working out for sure. For sure. How uh, how long are your, uh, your tattoo sleeves? One's all the way down. One's just right here. Did you have any famous tattoo artists do any of your work? Nope. No. Just normal guys. Just the guys in prison. <laughs> I'm not sure. They're good dudes. So what what you was your guys. what was your first tattoo that you got? And how old were you? First one, I think I was 16. Just a dumb, dumb tattoo. It was like three Chinese symbols that later on got uh removed which that hurt more than the actual tattoo itself you remove them period like yeah there's it's a laser removal and it hurts and where where was it where'd you put it your ass nope arm bicep upper arm shoulder area so why wouldn't you just like tattoo over it and just kind of like i did but first you have to remove it i mean you don't have to but it's cleaner looking okay so you remove it, let it heal for a few months, and then you go at it again. Did you Fun tell your stuff. parents? Did you tell your parents you were getting the tattoo or no? But they signed off. It was in Europe. My mom was with me. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. So what was it? What what was the what was the meaning behind it? I don't have any tattoos. I know. I think I, it was I, uh, Capricorn. So I was born in January. Really cool. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, I thought, like, I thought it would have said, you said three. I thought maybe it was mom, but then I, <laughs> that's why she was with me. That's maybe that's she, what it was. That's why she signed off. <laughs> so in make all him, the years hey, you've been doing him this. mom, but make them think it's Capricorn. Meanwhile, exactly. You're going around, you see some, like, see some Chinese person. They're like, oh, yeah. you wrote mom on the back of your arm. <laughs> So in the, all the years you've been doing this, when you went through like your your junior hockey or, or and then yeah. into you know uh, D one and this and then you know I don't think you really played the minors, but maybe that one year, okay. I did. Um, is it was there a tattoo back then? Now this might be a better question for Petey because I guarantee you you're going to come up with a bunch of tattoos, first time tattoo guys that got them when they were in their 16, 17, 18, 19. Do you remember some tattoos that stick out to you 
that where you are, think it's just man, like today is like good when you're 60 and flabby kind of like mine mine was horrible but then i played you know junior hockey in the ushl and there was guys with some shitty tattoos as well so i didn't feel like, too bad like you know the barbed wire. Remember that was big. <laughs> the barbed wire was yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> that, you were measured. Hey, you were measured by your toughness. Apparently, <laughs> if you went all the way around the arm or not. That's right. Yeah. And then uh, I think pro early on, you know, or, or even I shouldn't say pro is once you meet Canadians. I think the typical Canadian young kid usually did the the maple leaf, right? Yeah, I mean, you guys, you guys probably know, seen that a lot more in the OHL than I saw than I a did. lot of guys that never played any kind of international hockey with a lot of Hockey Canada logos. On <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, that's the one. And like, I play be... with like fifteen round OHL draft picks, and they got <laughs> they got the Hockey Canada thing on there. I'm like, buddy, you're not playing fucking. Well, they were on the right I... path. I'm sure they probably got screwed along the way somewhere. Oh, blew a That's knee it. out somewhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now they're now that. they're just absolutely crushing it in men's hockey at eleven o'clock at night, and eh? then blaming <laughs> their coaches at nine. You, so so this is. Uh, I don't know if I'm aging myself back even further, Petey, but um, I didn't. I've never got a, a tattoo. It it just does not interest me whatsoever. Um, but. You have Donald Duck holding a hockey stick. You have the Tasmanian Devil holding a <laughs> hockey stick. Am I right when I say this? Like you have all these cartoon characters holding a hockey stick. Do you remember oh, that? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we're talking guys no, the, that are getting the best it right is, on the best, their chest. The best is a, the Grim Reaper, but with what the end of the blade is a hockey stick blade. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I can't make fun of anyone. Like I said, I've I've had a bad one too. But I do remember. Do you have all a those. Grim Reaper van? Do you have a Grim Reaper? No, I don't. I got you know my boys. Yeah, barbed wire. I don't have barbed wire. No, mine are pretty good now. Do you I have got, the red? I got the Austrian tattoo. eagle. Okay, I knew and there'd then, be some kind of uh, cultural heritage in there. Yeah, so I got the Austrian eagle, and then I when I got the U.S. passport on the inside, got the. You got your passport number? <laughs> no, the U.S. Eagle. So kind of sticking with, you know, the, the countries. Where's the Red Bull racing sign? No, no, no. I got to get on staff first before I, before I do that. Get in the game at the Sports Lounge. The Sports Lounge at Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino, located in downtown Buffalo, New York, is the place to watch the action and place your wagers. Taking the games and matches on the big screen TVs, place your bets and order all the great food you want all in one place. The Sports Lounge at Seneca Buffalo Creek. Trevor Zegris signed a contract that I did not think he would be signing. Why is that? Yeah. Um, I guess I just assumed players of like him are getting eight-year deals, seven-year deals. That's that's the only reason why. Yeah. Yeah, you're definitely not wrong. That's that's it, It's those projection contracts. That's the new NHL. But uh, I think Pat Verbeeks, I think he's in a position where he didn't feel like he has to do that with him. I mean, that's a team that's rebuilding, right? We all know that. So Is this something, Vanner, that kind of is a little bit of an eye-opener? And what I mean by that is Pat Verbeek making a decision um, very clearly that the Anaheim Ducks do not want to go long-term with Trevor Zegras. Now he had 61, 65 points the last two years. Both years were 23 goal years. Um, you would think that with the salary cap going up, they say in year four from now, that it's going to be upwards of $10 million dollars more than what it is now. It could be 93, 94, 95 million dollars. Sorry to cut you off, Rip, but I, I think you're looking at this. I, I I think you're personally, I think you're looking at this the wrong way. I don't think Zegris did it for the standpoint of the salary cap going up. I think Anaheim wanted it because they want to see what he really is. It's nice that he can be a highlight reel. It's amazing that he's on the cover of the game. 
he's polarizing as as can be when it comes to interviews and personality. He's he's a phenomenal marketing tool. But, but why him? But because because why him? Personality and he's he's unbelievably and incredibly skilled. But my point I'm trying to make is that doesn't mean that he's an eight year hockey player. That doesn't mean that he's an, a well rounded perfect hockey player that you need to pay eight million dollars to. He's minus forty seven in his last two seasons in the league. Oh, come on. Man. I know he's on a shit team. Playing on the friggin' worst team in the league. I understand far. that too. I understand that too. But all I'm saying is I see this more as Anaheim wanting to see what the player really is versus Zeger saying, take my bridge contract so I can cash in on the next one. No, that's a hundred percent what it is. Uh, I don't think, and I've said this before when you guys were talking about own power and, and, and all these young guys, it's tough when you're young. I mean, I was there and you get a seven, eight year offer. You're not looking at, oh, if I take a two year, three year bridge, then I can cash in even more. That's a lot of money that you cannot turn down. So if, if Zekers would have gotten offered an eight year deal, there's no way well, let's, he would have turned let's, this down. Let's use your scenario as an example. Mm -hmm. Like, wouldn't you have expected at the time, Thomas, to get a shorter term deal? Oh, for sure. I mean, it, to be honest, I, I didn't. I don't know. I was young. I was. I, I wasn't even thinking about it. I knew the Bartlett's were the best in the business, and and he'll call me whenever something comes. Did I expect to sign a seven-year deal because it wasn't that common at the time? No, I didn't. I mean, I, I would have been fine with two years, three years, whatever. Really, I, I didn't know any better. But obviously, once July first hit, and I was able to get offer sheets, then the mindset changed, and it's as simple as that. But I think in today's world it's it's these gms you have to project because the salary cap i mean jack hughes signed what eight for eight that didn't look great at the beginning but year two all of a sudden you're like yeah wow what a, what a now, steal this was yeah now he's grossly underpaid exactly but to me i mean it, uh, again, it's it's not a bad deal for Z. I mean, he's still making almost six million, so it's not like he signed a a bridge deal for two point five. Which now I'm not saying two point five isn't a lot, but you guys know what I mean. I mean, he's still almost yep. making six million a year. Yeah. Well, you say, here's the you thing: two point five, and you look at that from percentage of what the salary cap is, it's nothing. Right. What are we so, going to say? What, what are we going to say? I, what I was going to say was, it might be actually a way better deal. To, for for Trevor Zegras, like I think this is a better deal for Trevor Zegras than it is for the Anaheim Ducks, and and the reason the reason why I'm saying that is I can I can name a number of players that are in that range of 22, 23, 24 that have signed long term deals. Guys like Cole Caulfield just upped. He's 22 years old. He's making seven point eight five million dollars a year on an eight year deal. Nick Suzuki's making seven point eight seven five. Um, guys like Jordan Cairo, Thomas in St. Louis are both making eight point two five. You look at Josh Norris in Ottawa is making seven point nine five, and Stitzel's making eight point three five. Dylan Cousins signed a deal, seven million seven years. What I'm trying to say is I think this contract for Trevor Zegras, if he continues to improve, get the minutes, put up the points, get better, that 5.75, when he goes to sign a contract again, he's going to, he's if he blows it out of the water, which I think this young man has an insane amount of skill. I think he could be making well over 10 plus million dollars. Do you remember last year when he got absolutely killed in preseason skating through the middle of the ice? Do you remember that? And he had to leave preseason. I think he hurt his shoulder. Last year it happened. He was skating. Okay. I think he was playing against Chicago. I don't watch preseason. No, me neither. It was a highlight. It was a highlight though last year. That's why. Oh. I That's the only reason why. <laughs> you don't watch preseason. I've been heavily criticized by my uh, cohort here for not watching preseason. But anyway, Man, I not I, me. It's the people on Twitter sitting there, uh, you know, writing the season is, is meaningless. Hated as a player, hated as a fan. Now, all it, it is is revenue for the owners, right? 
Thomas. So anyways, but Rivs, you, you're bringing up all these young guys with long-term deals. So that's the only reason I think why this is somewhat shocking, right? What's the what's the last young stud that hasn't signed an eight-year deal? Probably the kid out of Dallas, Robinson. Robertson, yep. Signed. Robertson, yeah. Four years. I think it's a four-year deal at close to eight, which I'm like, yep. what a great short-term deal. You know, you know, another guy who I just looked up a little while ago was Elias Pettersson from Vancouver. Um, He right now is making $7.35 million a year. It's on a three-year deal. And is he unrestricted now after this year? um, He is going to be a restricted free agent. I'm pretty okay. sure he's, he's only happen. 20. He's only 24 years old right now. He has one more year. So he's a restricted free agent, but going back to his contract, I was trying to, I was trying to figure out how much, um, like what were his point totals before he signed this contract? And when you go back to it, he had, uh, 68 games played. 27 goals and 66 points. So obviously a little bit better than Zegras, right? A little bit better than Zegras. Uh, Zegras had 65 points last year, but he played uh, a full 82 game schedule. Um, he signed for 5.75 million. Elias Pettersson back a number three years ago, signed for 7.35 on a three-year deal. So there's a bridge deal there. They were a team. Vancouver was a team that didn't quite want to buck up the money. Um, they wanted him to earn it. And now all of a sudden last year, he had 39 goals and 102 points. How does that feel? Yeah. feels like you're going to have to pay him 10.5 plus. I think he's, I think he's going to be north <laughs> of 10 and a half million dollars because his next contract is going to be a long-term contract, right? Because you're going to have to, he's going to be an unrestricted he goes the agent. Austin Matthews route, right? Which, which I think though, those high, high end guys, it's not but a bad is play. He, is he the high, high end guy? Or is that for Austin Matthews? Is that for a Rasmus like Craig, I feel like you always have this thing about if the guy's not a first overall pick, he's not entitled to that kind of money. Like look at Pasternak. He's got, he this, had 102 points. You just said that's yeah. high, high end. That's yeah. high, high end. And a center so, iceman. I listen, I, I think he is a I think he's a fantastic player. I don't put Elias Pettersson in the super upper echelon of guys that are basically dictating what they're making and the term of the contract. They walk in and basically say, This is what I want. If not, then <laughs> you're done. You're screwed. Because I hold all the cards because I am so elite in this league. I can dictate what I want. I don't think uh, Elias Pettersson is that guy. Um, the years of Elias Pettersson before that, he he had some great years. First year in the league was 70, 66 points in 71 games. Next year, he had a 20, a 66 point in 66 games. Then he had a, uh, he was injured for one year. The year before, he had 80 games played, 68 points. I wouldn't call that a super elite guy. But you just okay. said like a minute ago that he's going to get more than 10.5. I think, well, listen, I mean, if we're talking Austin Matthews, he's setting bars right now where he's making 13.5, where where a, a couple years ago when Austin Matthews signed the deal of a seven, 11.6, that was a but, lot of but, money. But I, I'm not sitting here and saying he's going to sign, like Elias Peterson is going to sign for 14. I'm just saying that to me, he's going to go in there and sign 10.5 plus on yeah. eight years. So the whole point goes back to the projection deal, right? If Vancouver yeah. would have gave him three years ago an eight for eight, well, it would look pretty darn good. Yeah. Thomas, let me ask you something. If you were playing right now, mm-hmm. Take yourself back to the year that you signed the offer sheet. If you were right now playing in today's game and you see what Austin Matthews is doing, what would you want to do? 
let's say you're trying to maximize your earning potential versus winning. I still would have taken a max deal. To me, I mean, I, like I said, even when I signed my seven-year deal, I, there was better deals out there with more money. But to me, at the time, that was that was a great term. It it was set me up for life and everything. So I was never that where I looked so far into the future where I'm like, okay, I need to make a hundred plus. I really don't. But at the same time, like I said, the, the seven eight years. To me, if I'm a, a Pedersen, who we're just talking about, if it's 10-5 or if it's 11 for 8, I don't I don't really care. I don't need it to be 12.5, but everyone's different. Agents have a lot of say into that. And I think the good agents, which Bartlett Hockey is and was to me, I think they sit you down and explain everything. Here, here's the scenarios. You can sign a three-year or four-year, and eventually you could make this amount, or you just take the eight years and... So is Austin, is Austin Matthews a businessman? Well, I think he's a businessman because he plays in Toronto. I think if he plays in an American market, I think he would have signed an eight-year deal. That's interesting. Really? Cool. You think you think that has to do with him being an American kid and he just wants to, you know, sign a, a shorter term deal? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, the four-year term, which is a shit ton of money that he signed. Was it four or five? Four. Yeah. Five on the first one, I think, right? Wasn't it the last one five or was it four and four? Yeah, the last one, I think, was five. I think so, too. But anyway, so the four-year gets him a boatload of money, which he already made a boatload anyways. And it gets well, him to... He only makes 700 grand this year, salary. <laughs> Christian Erhoff. Well, deal. that's the thing. He's still he's still on his last deal, right? Yeah. So he's got um, this year left, and it starts next year. So in five years, he's made a ton of money, and he's going to be what twenty nine and an unrestricted free agent. He's made sixty million plus. Um, after this year, then his other deal kicks in a four year deal at fifty three million dollars. So. He's got a five-year. He's got a five-year uh, deal. Like this is going to take him till he's thirty-one, and then he's going to be knocking another five-year deal out. It's it's. Um, right. I think I just remember. I remember hearing back Austin Matthews asked being asked about his contract. It was obviously the biggest thing in Toronto, and it's such a massive market. And you know he holds. Uh, the cards because ultimately after this year, he's an unrestricted free agent. So you can do what he wants. He holds everything. So I just remember hearing him saying like, he loves Toronto and I'm going to sign a deal like, and I don't, it, it's going to be wrong of me of saying this. Cause I'm, 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 I'm not getting the right uh, lingo, but almost like, he's going to sign a friendly deal for the team. Do you remember hearing something like that? I don't no. think his deal is a friendly deal for the team. At all. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm saying it. that he think it's, it's you may as like well it was a... going to be a friendly deal for the team. I'll have to look it up. I'll have, have to look to, it up. That's probably coming from the agency. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Or Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Facebook haircut looks good though, Rips. I like it. High and tight. Better. Yep, it's that time of year. It's awful. I, I thought I thought people go short for the summer. I didn't think <laughs> I didn't think they they I didn't think they shave their heads so they could see all the summer leftover tan lines. I just cut some of the gray out. Are you finding those quotes yet over there, or? You just kind of made those up. Yeah. Well, um, there. If you if you look it up, it just <laughs> it says Matthews currently negotiating a fair deal. Yeah. Matthews to sign a team friendly deal. Mm -hmm. So I I remember I thought I heard that he was going to sign a friendly deal, and all of a sudden this comes out, and you're like, well, this, is, does friendly mean instead of eight, he just 
Is it four? Uh, I don't know. I think, you know, I listen, when he was going to sign a contract, I heard he was going to go, go around 15 million. He was going to set a major bar. You have, you have Connor McDavid, who's the best player in the game by far, set the bar, signed for 12 and a half million. And then all of a sudden you have, uh, you know, uh, Nate McKinnon who signs for 12.6 and now all of a sudden you have Austin Matthews, who's a market setter, who's in a major, major market, and he set another bar. But it could have been even more if you're signing a, a long-term deal. So who's who's the next bar setter coming up that needs a deal? Maybe Darlene. Darlene. Darlene's going to. Darlene has the ability to set a, a market for the defenseman. You What's that? So, you're so talking. that you're talking, what is it, Eric Carlson right now? Eric Carlson makes eleven point five. And who's second? Drew Doughty is? makes eleven. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And uh, is there a ten and a half million dollar player, Petey? Who's the next guy after eleven? I don't even think there is another ten. I don't think there is one. Yeah. So right now, nine five. Maybe there's a nine seven five somewhere. Yeah, I think Nurse nine point right? nine Hamilton. points. No. No, nine point six is Zach Wierenski. Nine point six something. Fox, Fox is nine five. McAvoy's nine five. Darnell Nurse nine five or nine seven. No, nine 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 two five. Okay. Yeah. Well, this, so there's Hamilton. not. A, there's Did only two players. Deal? It's like Dougie nine Hamilton, five. I think. I think is nine five. Yeah. Yeah. So McCarr's two players. Nine. Yeah. So there's only two players that have made uh, over ten million dollars. Uh, and that's that's two guys that signed those deals a long time ago. And uh, you know what, though, I'll say this. I know, and I mean, I know you're working for San Jose, Thomas, but the fact that they only had to pick up a million five of his deal is absolutely insane. The best thing that could have happened for San Jose last year is Carlson getting 100 points. I think it's a, it's a great deal for both teams, right? I think Pittsburgh is in the win now window. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they got two defensemen now that are elite, elite. They're yeah. going to chew up twenty-five to twenty-eight minutes per game. Well, Carlson's legacy comes down to winning now. I think. I mean, a hundred-point defenseman in the modern-day game, unheard of. I mean, it would be one of the most wasted offensive talents in today's game if he doesn't win a cup, in my opinion. I, I, yes, I get it because everything is tied to winning a cup. But God, you guys know how hard it is. Everything has to go right. You got to stay healthy. I mean, yeah, it's just it's hard. You know, here, here's the thing: if if Evgeny Melkin goes down in Pittsburgh, do they have a, a chance to win the Stanley Cup? No. Their answer is no. What about Sidney Crosby? If he were to go down, do they have a chance to win the Stanley Cup? What about Jake Getzel? The answer is no. And none of these guys have been healthy. They haven't stayed healthy. And they're well, was healthy all last year. They're and he had a hell of old. a year. Stop writing off Crosby, man. I think the guy's still, he's going to get 90 points this year. I don't think Jake Gensel is old. I don't think he's been. No, no, no. He's lot. not old. He's, he's injured. He's not injured a lot. Just because he's injured right now. I don't think he's been injured a lot throughout his career. When you have elite uh, guys in your lineup uh, that are injured, there's a problem. So <laughs> that is a problem. In uh, 2019-20, he played 39 games that year. Then last year Was he that a played. Full season? No the 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 year before in 2020-21 was the 56. Uh, game season, but the year before that, he played 39 games. He was injured. He was out with a with a major injury. How many years ago was that? Like five, four. What did he do last year? 78 games. How what were his stats? 73 points. 36 goals. What about the year before that? 40 goals. <laughs> 84. But your whole point is, yep. if if those guys are injured, you cannot win a cup, right? You can't. And it's not, and is that Eric Coulson's? That's not his fault. He can put up 100 points, and if Crosby and Malkin and Gensler hurt, you're not yeah. going to win a cup. Yeah. I, listen, I mean, they're, they're, they're putting, 
they're throwing all their eggs in a basket right now and saying this, we have a very, very, very short window to win. Um, they still have their stars, which is, you know, um, Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin that are still playing at a, at a high level. Um, they need to, Evgeny Malkin needs to stay healthy. Um, you know, there, there are other players, there are other, I wouldn't say role players like Jake Ketzel is not a role player and rust and players like that. They need those guys to stay healthy. Um, Eric Carlson. I mean, he played 82 games last year with 101 points. Awesome. But five years before that, he's been injured and only play only averages around a little more than 50 games a year. That's devastating. So, this this team is going to be seriously a dangerous hockey team, but they got to stay healthy. That is the number one thing. And their goaltending. But they're going to be exciting to watch. But my God, they got a lot of guys over 30. All right, Thomas, this one's for you. Wild card one through 10 in the Eastern Conference. I think you played for six of these teams. New York, Florida, were the wild card one and two. Pittsburgh, Buffalo, Ottawa, Detroit, Washington, Philly, Montreal, Columbus were the remaining teams that missed the playoffs. In the Eastern Conference, of the teams that did not make the playoffs last year, who's getting in? So Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Buffalo, Ottawa, Detroit are the top four. I would say those are the four teams in the East that are going to compete. Then you have Washington, Philly, Montreal, Columbus. Washington's an interesting interesting conversation, but you're saying Pittsburgh's getting back in. That's one team, so one has to fall out. Is there another team that could get in? Well, I mean, it's, it's God, it's so hard to sit here and say, but you you do you have to wait ten games and see see how improved is Ottawa because on paper I think I really like that team. The Buffalo Sabers really good team, but how's the goaltending going to be? And that's the same same question for Ottawa, right? How's the goaltending going to be? Yeah, but on Ottawa paper, picked up Corpusello. That's yeah. the number one goaltender. That's there's no uh well let's just see how the goaltending is. No no no, they picked up a number one and he's I think a clear he was talking, cut number. He was one. talking about Buffalo. No, no, and, and Ottawa. Oh, he said Ottawa. Ottawa. Riffs, I mean, yeah, he is a clear-cut number one, but you know how he goes. Sometimes you're number one in a position where you feel comfortable, and then you go somewhere else, and it's just it's not working. Yeah. Matt Murray was a clear-cut number one in Pittsburgh, wasn't he? Yes, yep. And I know he had injuries and stuff, yep. but that yep. didn't work out in Ottawa. No. So it's so... Didn't work out in Toronto either. <laughs> right. I mean, he's, he's, he's injured, right? Yes. I mean... But, you know, speaking of Buffalo's situation and goal, and then speaking of Ottawa's situation and goal, Ottawa went out and they said, okay, we need a legit number one defenseman. And they picked up a guy that has proven to be a number one in Columbus. And when he got traded to L.A., he proved in L.A. that he's a number one. Therefore, Ottawa goes out and gets their guy. Correct. I would feel more comfortable with Corpusallo than I would Devin Levi. Devin Levi is a rookie. He hasn't been through the grind of the league, the ups and downs, the emotional, mental, physical, everything. And that's going to be a question mark for the Buffalo Sabres moving into next season when you're sitting there saying, okay, who's going to be in, right? Pittsburgh, I think, is, is, is going to be in. I think Ottawa is going to be a team that is 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 a much improved hockey team. So what teams are coming out of the top eight? Well, we're not done here yet. Well, got teams that can get in because he just mentioned Buffalo, Ottawa. He said Pittsburgh, but Detroit are they not? No, I was going to, but to me, Detroit. I don't know. I think they're getting think a Detroit's lot closer. There. Yeah. But the one team everyone is not talking about is Washington, that they're old and washed up. They're just going for always record. 
take that's out what I'm saying. more. That's what that's what I am saying. Take out more pieces than people think. Uh, you know, new coach, new system. You know, a new coach can always rejuvenate you. I think the East is is really tough. I Healthy. think to me, you, you got Carolina, Jersey, Toronto, and even Tampa. I know Vassie's out. Those are four teams that I think are good. So that you leaves think four Bay spots. Still, you think Tampa Bay is still there, even with the Stamkos, a little bit of Stamkos drama, no contract talks, and Vasilevsky's hurt. I'd like, I, I find it hard to believe that they just fall off the cliff that quickly. They're not falling off. If, if Tampa, I mean, we talked about this five months ago. They should have beaten the Leafs in the first round. Well, Hedman and Cernak cost them that one with the injuries. They they both got hurt, right? But even without even without them, right? They still outplayed them most of the time. They just found a way to lose, which is not the Tampa way. But if Tampa gets past them, who who do they win the cup again? And now because they they lost in the first round, people are like ah oh, they're gonna take a step back. It's it's I I don't see it. That I extra that, that extra. Th- month and a half that they might have to rest up could could help them yeah i will say this that uh tampa bay used to be a force they used to be a uh a team that when you look at them on the calendar you're basically in your mind here in buffalo you're chalking up a, a loss because they were they were a powerhouse the last four or five years right they've been that good i don't look at tampa bay when I see the Buffalo Sabres hockey team now, I don't look at Tampa Bay and go, oh, you know, we're chalking up a loss here because they're that good. No, I don't think that's the case. I don't think Buffalo Sabres are in a situation where they see any team in the league anymore with that mindset. I think I think the Buffalo Sabres hockey team can beat any team in the league on a regular basis. I think they can score enough goals to win. How about that? But I think in the East, especially, and I agree with you, Rivs, that Tampa is not that fearful anymore. But there's 10 teams that can do that same thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I think Montreal will probably be at the bottom. Columbus, I know no one likes Philadelphia is going to stink. Columbus is going to stink. Philly is going to stink. But you know, with Torch, they're not going to be an easy win. Those kids... Or that team will work. They'll make you work for a win. It's not going to be one of those. I ah, will try to do the except, rush game. Except and, the and... circumstances. Yes. Yeah. Um, Columbus, say what you want. That, that We've talked about this on here. That's that 6D, the top 6D. I don't know about Talk you guys. Organizing a group. They've got Babcock shit canned. I mean, they are going to feel like a strong, unified team. Vince but it's, it's strong it, and unified. It's about just scoring a bit goals. <laughs> this league is about scoring goals. Okay, if you cannot score goals in the league, you will not win hockey games. And Columbus Blue Jackets, there's no question that with you know Zach Wierenski coming back in the lineup, who is an elite defenseman in the league, they picked up uh, Severson, they picked up Provorov. Those are three super elite guys. But it falls off in a big way after that. Okay. They're goaltending with uh Miss Lurkin or whatever, Elvis. He's he's a solid. I think they lack depth on the forward line in Columbus. I I think, yeah, Johnny, Johnny Hockey and uh, Patrick Line are gonna be great, but it drops off tremendously. Adam Fantilli's gonna be a stud. Kent Johnson's gonna be a stud. But those guys need time to develop, and they're not going to be competitive at all in in uh, you know the league this year. I'm they're they're a couple here. years I, away. I'm making notes here. I'm I'm and you and and, and you, you might not be wrong. I'm just saying in today's yeah. game, I don't think there is those those easy. Why, does, why do these yeah. young kids need time all of a sudden? I don't I don't understand this. This isn't the old NHL where it's like you need time to adapt. I don't get that. Zach Benson has absolutely shredded preseason here. Now, I'm not saying he's going to earn himself a spot on the team. That is a big step above junior hockey and probably just below the American League when it comes to all-around you know, level of play. Okay? 
Thomas Vanek at 40 freaking two or whatever he is right now could go and score like eight goals in preseason playing with Tage Thompson and friggin' Skinner. Hold on. What what were we going to say, Thomas? I was just, I was just trying to make a point about how it's a younger guys. But your your point No, at that point, I agree with you, but your point is that preseason is above AHL hockey. No, I mean, that was maybe a bad. I instantly I regret saying that as Kenny Powers, <laughs> as Kenny but, Powers would say, instantly I regret saying that. <laughs> but your point is valid, and I've said this for years. Why young guys stay young forever? He needs time. He needs time. I, I don't. I don't get it. They're put in a position right away to succeed. Does that mean they're going to score forty goals? No, but they can be an impact right away. The difference between Zach Benson. In his first training camp, take, eliminate that example. We've already stricken that from the record. Why are you bringing that up again? We are because you're the one who's talking about no. Zach Benson. And 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 I instantly I regretted saying that. All I was saying was just stick to the point about Fantilli and Johnson. Young players can come in and be put in a position to succeed and succeed and help teams excel. It doesn't have to be a four year guy anymore doesn't have to be that i think players now can step in younger it's not about being a four-year guy the game is different what's the what's the young kid from uh dallas last year wasn't he 18 wasn't he a johnson too uh yeah and he and he played on he played on a super strong hockey team like a super strong hockey team mm-hmm. and was on the was on the third line pretty much the whole year um what's his name uh, Wyatt Johnson, 20 years old. Now that's two years older or a year older than Zach Benson, right? He was drafted 23rd overall. Still talking Benson. We're talking Johnson and Fantilli in Columbus. Aren't we, Thomas? Just to be clear, am I? That's kind of what I'm He had 24 about, goals yeah. and 41 points last year. Yeah, that's a pretty good year. Solid year. Yeah. For a twenty-year-old Schmelt, yeah, and he, he probably made made some impact on that team, not as much as an impact as he. No, he he as, wasn't as, as Rupa hints and as this. Why Johnson? What did he? He was good in the playoffs too. What did he do in the playoffs? He four goals, good. six points, minus four in nineteen games. Twenty-year-old kid in the playoffs, four yeah. goals. Oh, six so we're, what are we? So are we talking about twenty-year-old, or are we talking about just a player in general? What I'm saying is, in Columbus. They're young freaking players, idiot. So they're not going to be great. But in three, four years from now, Wyatt Johnson is going to be a lot better than what he is right now at age 20 when he was 19 years old in the NHL last year. They need time. Are we are we arguing this? Okay, East. So who comes out? Johnny Gooch, Patrick Line, Jack Roslovic. They've been around. Boone Jenner's been around. Jack Roslovic? What? <laughs> Roslovic's been around in the league for five years, six years. Yeah. Yeah. He has. Okay. He's okay. played for two teams. He's been in the league okay. for six years. I mean, he's not a he's not young anymore. These are all guys that are ready to move to the next step. I'm talking uh, about the guys that are going to take the team to the next level. It's not going to be Roslovic. It's going to be friggin' Adam Fantilli, Ken Johnson. That's the future. Those are the guys. And they're not ready to be the guys. Therefore, Columbus is not going to, they're going to be in last. That's all I'm saying. I don't think Columbus is going to be in last. I think Columbus is going to be closer to a wild card spot than you think. Last in the East. They're going to be last in the East. They're going to be fighting with Philly. I I guarantee it. Philly stinks, man. I disagree. Philly with that. stinks. And they're going to go through a complete change in Philly. Do we see Florida and the Islanders back in? No. Neither. Um I would say Florida will. I think the Islanders days are done. I like that assessment. I think the Islanders are they have they have some players on the team that are just aging out, getting slower, but still garnering top end minutes. 
well, the, the Islanders are going to be in every game because to me, they got a top three goal in the world. So you, you, you guys know goaltending yep. is super, super important, especially in today's game with the rush chances and the high power scoring. And that structure with that goalie, they'll be in every game. It all depends. Can they win those, those, you know, they're going to have to win three, two and not six, four. Yeah. And that team can do that. He's the guy's world-class, but he's also 35. I'm just going to throw that out there on a side note. He's also 35, 35. Barlamov, 35. That's not who I'm talking about. Okay. Sorokin, 28. Yeah. When you look at the guys in the team, Bo Horvat, I don't think, is going to be the same Bo Horvat that we saw in Vancouver that scored all those goals. Anders Lee, Brock Nelson, 33-31. Page, uh, Gabriel Page is 30. Palmieri's 32. Sezikis is 32. Clutterbuck's 35. Matt Martin's 34. Ross Johnson doesn't play is 29. Like, this is an old hockey team. The so weather. 31, 32 is is now you're you're past your prime. Yeah, I, I I think when you in this league today, in today's game, once you hit thirty, you're on the downhill slope big time of your NHL career. Now there's guys that can still play till they're thirty five or thirty six, but the league has become so much younger. When I came into the league, if you were 22 or 23, you had to play at least three years in the minors before a team would call you up. In today's game, if you are good enough to play at 19, you're going to play. If you're good enough to play at 20, you're going to yeah, play. Yeah, but those but Rivs, the, those 19, 20, 21-year-old guys, they need four years to improve. No, they need four years to be dominant on their team to take their team to a next level. Those first rounders. Right. But you, you just said earlier, like the Fantillies and Johnson, they, they're going to need three, four years. No, so I didn't say the, three, four. I said two years. Well, two years. Go back and listen. I said two okay. years those guys are going to need to break out. Adam Fantilli's 18 years old. He's not going to be the come out Adam Fantilli until he's 20, 21. And then he's going to be a dominant force for the next decade past that. What happens to Boston this year? That's a team where I thought they were going downhill last year and they set records. Not with the loss <laughs> at NHL history record. <laughs> I had them not making the playoffs. <laughs> That's yeah. how much I know. Exactly. So like yeah, I said, these predictions are always fun, but you gotta give me 10 games or you know, Thanksgiving. Usually by then, you know what time of team you are. But I, I think they're, they're going to be obviously a lot different than last year. But I I still think the Boston Bruins, they still have enough swagger. They, they still... How devastating is it going to be that they're going to lose their two top centers? You have uh, Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci, who have been the staples for a decade and have been so good. And now all of a sudden you're eliminating those two players from your lineup with others, right? Who else did they lose? They traded away Taylor Hall, who was a performer on the second line for them. Who else did they lose? Reichie, Bergeron, Taylor Hall, Bertuzzi, Bertuzzi. Yeah, but Tuzio was there at the end. He didn't. He, he wasn't there for seventy games, right? So, but you're bringing you're you're, you're ultimately you're bringing in Morgan Geeky, uh, Milan Lucic, James Van Riemsdyk, who couldn't skate five years ago, <laughs> was slow as molasses in January. You bring in Milan Lucic. That I mean, I love Milan Lucic. I thought he was a a, a brilliant brilliant hockey player for many years but he's 35 years old and his game went downhill seven years ago these are the guys that they're bringing in i i i don't know i just i think i really do believe that boston bruins this year are in big big trouble because if they have 
one of David Pasternak or, or Brad Marchand, if one of those players gets injured for any time at all, they are done. They I are done. That. I, I think they have solid defense and goaltending. I think they have two good goaltenders too. They and could squeak. Go- I think they could. Go- I think they're still going to make the playoffs, but I don't think they're going to be anywhere near the top. It'll Was be Linus Allmars and Swayman elite goaltenders because they're elite goaltenders or because they play on the, gr- the greatest team that's ever been assembled in the NHL? There's a big difference. We'll find out. We will we'll find out next we'll year. We'll find out. Yeah, the season starts next week, so we can preview the uh, Western Conference with you next week, Thomas. Um, no need to no need to get into that right now. But um, do you have a prediction for who comes out of the East and goes to the finals? I think Carolina has been so consistent. I like that team. I like the way they play. I think Brendan Moore is a, a hell of a coach. They play hard for him. I, I like that bunting. As much as he annoys people, I think he's he's great in that. He's going to be great in that system. I think that in your face, hard to play against. I mean, it, look how far Carolina got last year again without who was out on there. Patch Reddy was out, and Svechnikov. Those are two elite mm-hmm. goal scorers, monsters. It, yeah. Who do you think has a better year? Is it going to be um, Bunting? in Carolina or Bertuzzi on the wing in Toronto with Marner and Matthews. Well, Bertuzzi is going to have way more points playing with those guys. First power play. I mean, that's, that's 70 plus points right there. I think bunting is going to probably go in point totals go down, but as far as an impact, I think he'll have a huge impact on that hurricanes team. How do you see it, Rivs? I I think Michael Bunting is absolutely exactly what the uh, Carolina Hurricanes need. They need some jam, some pop that you can saw. You saw in the playoffs where they played a couple games this year, and they were getting pushed around, and they were getting flustered. They need a guy that can take that on his shoulders a little bit and, and, and push back a little bit. And Michael Bunting is that guy. He's been known to take some bad penalties at time and get a little frustrated, but he's a guy that they need. Dimitri Orlov to me is an absolute monster pickup to an already, to an already team that is arguably the best defensive team in the league. I think Dimitri Orlov on that defense is just insane. That's the best defense in the league by far. There's no questions asked. Um, and I think they're, they're forward line and picking up Michael Bunting. Who's who's uh, who can add offense, who can play on a top two line um, play power play and penalty kill. I mean, he's, he's a big pickup. I, I love Carolina to win the Stanley cup. Mm-hmm. And, it, and they have a guy in the team too. <laughs> that probably is the more. most just one last comment. There's one player on the team that literally is the most underappreciated player in the National Hockey League. Owl. Nope. I watched I this guy a I number of times. I, I watched this guy a number of times last year, and I'm like, I would literally pay this kid $10 million to play on my team right now. I absolutely love his game. Love Jarvis? It. Yeah. Nope. No, I know who it is. Go ahead, Petey. Kevin Adams. <laughs> <laughs> no, Ron Francis. Ron Francis. It is okay. No, uh, no, I got it. I got it. Doug Wade. Wait, 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 wait. Eric Cole. Wait, 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 wait. Who's the Swedish defenseman that was on the team there back in the Walleen. day? Nicholas Walling. Is it Walling? I think so. I know who it is, Craig. Martin T- Neskash. Number 88. Kid's an <laughs> absolute stud ball, and he's only getting better. I, I really like his game. Um, the way he plays under Rod Brennamore, who's... I would consider Rod Brennamore a, uh, a more of a defensive 
coach, a responsible, defensively minded coach. I think uh, Martin Neskash, I think is uh, how you say his name, no, could explode no. offensively if he was uh, loosened uh, the, the, the reins offensively. But I think he's brilliant. I think he's an absolute, insanely good hockey player. And I think he's insanely underrated in this league. That the and I agree with you. I love the kid too. But that that whole forward group is good. Yeah. And as you already mentioned, that decor, it's for the hurricanes comes back down to the same two goaltenders. Can they stay healthy? Yeah. But yeah, yeah that's my pick too out of the East. All right, Thomas, poker or blackjack? Poker. Okay. We'll see you at the after the whistle poker tournament at uh Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino sometime during this hockey season. We'll have you flown in, put Ooh. up at one of their resorts, and uh some lucky fans will be able to play poker with you. Sounds good, Andy. Thanks, buddy. Um guessing <laughs> you guys don't really care who my choices are coming out of the East. Not really. Uh <laughs> if I would have to guess, you were gonna say Go ahead, Albert. Lindy Ruff's Devils, because you haven't mentioned Lindy on the pod yet. <laughs> Have you noticed, being a, our most regular listener, that Lindy's name has come up a bunch? <laughs> I was trying to get through the entire show today without bringing it up, and you had to bring it up at the end. But I don't I don't want to tell you guys who my picks are, because clearly you don't give a shit. So 